It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think you're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Today, we have a real treat for you in the form of 40 minutes, more than 40 minutes, with George Iloka, the Bengals' former safety, talking about the Bengals, talking about what it's like to be a player in the NFL, what it's like to go through the draft process, all sorts of stuff. And what I hope you guys take away from that is... Just how different it is to have a perspective on the NFL as a player versus a perspective on the NFL as a fan. Right, Joe? Yeah. I mean, because he, he, you know, talk about, we asked him questions about how they react to outside noise and fans and social media and, you know, hearing draft evaluations or PFF, anything like that. And, you know, you kind of hear from the outside, like, oh, no, they're just focused on football. But, you know, you, George gives you a little bit of an insight of what players are going through and what they're thinking about. He also has a new podcast going on that y'all should definitely go check out. That's called the Gym Bag Podcast. If you don't know about it, I, I mean, you're probably not paying a whole lot of attention to other podcasts in the world. And I don't blame you because before right. today, I would not have said you have to listen to any other podcast if you're listening to this podcast. But George is doing a good job. He has an episode out right now talking about his experiences when he was a Bengal when they played the Patriots. In the wake of Skygate, Spygate, sorry, as the second day in a row, I've done that. However, we do have some news to catch you up on, so let's start there. The most exciting news in Cincinnati today is that Jonah Williams was cleared to practice, been on the physically unable to perform list all year. If you go on the internet, there's a photo of Jonah Williams wearing a helmet practicing today. He might not play Amazing. any games. But it's huge news for the Bengals that he can at least get some practices in this year, that he's going to go into the offseason healthy, barring any other injuries, knock on wood. So you hope that he can get into a game because getting some game experience would be huge. Somebody on Twitter mentioned David DeCastro went through this his rookie year, got into some games at the end of the season, and that was probably substantial in his development. Now, they're not going to rush him back out there if he's not ready. But if he is ready, I hope they can get him into some game situations somewhere. 
And I don't know where that might be because they are doing a lot better, especially the last two weeks at tackle. And my guys from The Athletic, Jay Morrison and Paul Denner Jr., both said they do not expect Jonah Williams to play at all, and they see this as an opportunity to get him some practice reps and some eyes and evaluation on him and, you know, get him back into some football-type programming where, you know, that is valuable. He's not, if he doesn't play at all, at least he's out there getting some reps, getting coached up for the first time all year since rookie minicamp. So these are valuable for him, and it's a good thing. Yeah, Yeah, he may not help this team. We may not want him to help this team right now, but... The idea that, or I think it's more of remembering that Jonah Williams is coming to help this team in 2020, I think boosted fans a little bit today. Yeah, well, your guys over at The Athletic had that pessimistic take. Ben Baby kind of remembered the quote that was, we'll see what happens in the next few weeks, is what Zach Taylor said. Not expecting Jonah Williams to play, but if he does get healthy sooner than expected, he didn't close the door on the idea. So there's still a chance for Jonah Williams to play this year. I think it's a slim chance, but there is a chance that if they feel like his shoulder is ready to go, he can go out there and get on the field if they need him to. And if there's anything we should take away from the season is that injuries and how they progress and and how the team reacts to them are extremely unpredictable with the Bengals. Yeah, it's been a year of nebulous injuries to fill Damian Willis's roster spot, however, the Bengals dipped into the free agency market and signed Demarcus Lodge. He was waived by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers back in August. He, I don't think he made the team, but he was one of those guys that Ole Miss out of that trio, Demarcus Lodge, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, and Lodge was a productive receiver beside two guys that are very successful in the NFL this year. A.J. Brown, I saw, has the highest yards per route run in a rookie Mm -hmm. season for for pro football focus for any rookie wide receiver since Odell Beckham Jr. And he's got the most yards after catch uh, since he's been starting, which was, you know, somewhere around the first quarter of the season. So he's been a uh, big help for Ryan Tano. But yeah, Demarcus Lodge was known as a, as one of those trio guys at Ole Miss and they didn't throw their tight ends at all. That was Dawson Knox also for Buffalo who killed the Bengals. So what a set of weapons there for Ole Miss. But Lodge outproduced Metcalf and Brown in plenty of games you can go back and watch. And he's got size. He can go up and make a contested grab. For whatever reason, he had a terrible preseason. The Bucks cut him, and I'm surprised that he was even available. When they said they're signing him to the practice squad, I, I was kind of looked and said, well, where, where's he been the, the last few months? And as far as we can tell, he was not on any roster. He was waived, like I said, at the end of August by the Buccaneers. Did not end up on any other practice squad from what I could tell in the transaction logs. In the rest of the world of Bengals injuries, Tyler Eifert returns from his not injury-related missing practice on Wednesday, along with Geno Atkins and Darquez Denard. They were all full participants. Carlos Dunlap got a day off, not injury-related for him. Rennell Wren downgraded to a DNP with his hip injury, so he probably is not expected to be active this weekend. But John Ross, back to a full participant in practice, so that foot injury, Ben Baby says, considered to be minor. Sam Hubbard, however, remains limited. And they can use Sam Hubbard. The rotation took a little bit of a hit last week, although Carl Lawson played well, so maybe if he's limited all week, maybe he can play but is limited in the game, and you let Lawson start again. But John Ross, again, uh, we get an injury scare, as we always do anytime he touches the field, and it turns out to be nothing this time. So it seems like he'll be the number one. And I say that because, 
well, you know, you know, Tyler Boyd's in the slide. And I think of the Patriots defense with Stephon Gilmore, really the best corner in the league right now, shutting things down, could be defensive player of the year. I imagine he'll follow John Ross all around. This will be the biggest test he's ever had. It'll be interesting to see if John Ross can get deep because I feel like every now and then you see a Bengals receiver get the best of one of these shutdown corners. We've seen it in years past. I mean, given that's A.J. Green, but John Ross does have the speed to, if he does get a clean release, get behind the Patriots on defense. Now they do have a whole host of excellent players in that secondary. Jason McCourty also limited today, though, and Isaiah Wynn for the Patriots didn't practice at all. He has an eye injury, according Mm. to the injury report. But the Patriots do funny things with their injury report, just like they do funny things with cameras. And we'll have to see if any of these guys are playing for them this weekend. And that's it for the news. Like we promised in the open, next up is a long chunk of uninterrupted time with George Iloka, so stick around. You'll want to hear all of this really great stuff from George. He's just started a new podcast, the Jim Bag Podcast. We hope you check that out after you hear him on the Locked On Bengals podcast in just a minute. Guys, let's talk about sex. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up as twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Let me tell you, we get free samples, and if you think Marshawn Lynch has a good stiff arm, you've seen nothing yet. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code LOCKEDON to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Lockdown Bengals podcast. And a different kind of exciting, we've also got an offer for you from my bookie today. And if you're the type of football fan that knows it so well that you could choose the game, call it, make picks, pick against the spread, my bookie is a place for you to turn your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. And right now, they'll match your initial deposit up to 50%. So if you put $2,000 in for your initial deposit in my bookie and use promo code locked on when you sign up, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to bet with. You can do parlays. You can make individual game bets. You've got the NBA, college basketball, NFL to still bet on. So check it out. That's mybookie.ag up to $1,000 in free money to bet with promo code locked on. MyBookie.ag, you play, you win, you get paid. And now we're joined by George Iloka. George just launched his own podcast, the Gym Bag Podcast. George, how's that been for you? I know you've got a co-host going on. You talked about the Patriots today, yesterday. How's that experience yeah. been? No, it's been, it's been fun. It's really just my own content. You know, all the uh, media people in Cincinnati, they know, like, in my time there, that I always have, you know, a lot to say. I think I have some decent insight on different and different perspective on different topics. So I kind of just wanted to like drop my own content, you know, have my own voice, and it just kind of helps me like work on my craft and 
I wouldn't say build a resume, but sports broadcasting was something I wanted to do uh, full time later on, you know, down the road. And so just the podcast route, uh, given the fact that I'm not really trying to work right now, it's, it's been fun. And the only thing that I would say that's been difficult about it is coordinating, you know, the times you want to record uh, with your, you know, co-host. And although, you know, you want your podcast to sound like a conversation, people are just listening in on that conversation, you still want to be as accurate as possible uh, and as informed as possible with the information you put out there. So I would say prepping, it takes me probably about two hours to prep, you know, for a show just because the topics that we're going to run through, I want to make sure that although it's okay for me to feel how I feel, that I have some some numerical support for how I feel. I have some, some stats to support how I feel. You know, there's really no wrong answer when it comes to sports talk, honestly. It's just, can you back it up with just either experience or uh, stats out there? So that, that's, that part has been a little bit difficult, but it's been fun. You know, it's been different. And obviously, since I've been doing this completely by myself, like I've been self-taught the last two to three months. I learned everything about like what software to use, how to edit. So that's been a work in progress. And I just hope to keep building on that improving that and learning uh, about that. But because I have no background in like audio engineering, it definitely takes me a while. So after the episode, probably takes another two to edit. And it doesn't sound like there's much editing going on, but it takes me that much, that long to just like chop everything up, um, add this, add that, clean this up. And that's kind of what I've been, you know, going through after I finish like my workouts every day. So, but it's been fun. I'm glad you said all that because uh, now our our listeners know what type of work we're putting in daily for this podcast. They can appreciate it a little bit more. But you said you wanted to get into this, or at least you know when your post playing career was done. Has this always been the plan for you, or is this as you got older thought you know I got to think about what I'm going to do for the next twenty years, thirty years of my life? Uh, no, I've been I feel like this. So uh, I'll say probably like five years ago I really had a peak interest in like sports broadcasting enough to where I was taking the uh, NFL's broadcasting boot camp program in the off season, two years in a row. So it's like this partnership with Bowling Green, uh, the Bowling Green, it's a partnership between NFL, Bowling Green, uh, ESPN, FS1, CBS, the whole nine. Right. So it's this boot camp for like four or five days on the Bowling Green campus. And they pretty much, um, you know, just a boot camp and like seminar of like all spectrums of like sports, media and and just you know really teaching us and informing us and developing our skills in it so and i took that because it's something that you know interests me so i'll say this i've been fortunate enough that i've never had to work a day in my life but i've had a job so the nfl was a job but it wasn't work because it's something i wanted to do something i like uh i like talking if you anybody who follows me on twitter uh you know I'm, i like to engage people get their perspective on things get their get their uh, ideas on things and I like to share mine as well so even this I wouldn't even consider uh, work it's it's just a job and so it's not something that like I said that I even want to do right now right away in terms of jumping uh, full like I see Ryan Clark on ESPN and he's doing a tremendous job I don't want that right now in my life I don't even want that probably in the near future you know and, and just that's the stage I'm in right now so the podcast allows me to just have my own hours do put out my own content it's not like I'm working or doing any of this for money i'm just really doing this because i would be doing it anyway just lo low-key on uh, twitter or whatever so that's just what it is building my uh confidence building uh you know my skills and i guess then like building a bottom line for a resume which i don't have you know in terms of uh in terms of that field and that's it but i wouldn't say like it was something that i was i was going into and looking like 
oh, I, what am I going to do for the next 20 years? Um, I don't plan on doing anything I don't want to do. You know what I mean? I do whatever I do because I kind of like I want to do it. And it's just what I enjoy as of right now, based off of everything that I was fortunate to able, you know, accomplish and attain. I'm kind of set. So it's more so just being happy and doing what I want and putting in putting out my own content and having my own voice, whether it's one person listening or 500 or thousands is just, this is something I do all the time anyway for fun. And now I'm doing it, uh, kind of, I guess, officially with my own podcast. That's something I think everyone's real happy to hear about, right? You hear when somebody's after their NFL career, and is it fair to say after your NFL career, you still, would you go back and play if that right opportunity came up? No, like I said, at the beginning, like I train every day as if I'm going to get an opportunity. Uh, you know, I got banged up in the preseason with Dallas. It didn't work out, but that's been that, that's, that is what it is. That's kind of like an experience uh, on its own. And yeah, I'll be training this office off seasons for opportunity. You know, you always have to stay ready. But if the opportunity doesn't come, I know I, I was ready. Things like that. But I realized just from a couple of things, you know, um, towards the last you know few years, a lot of things are out of your control, uh, and so. I never dwell on things like that. I never get caught up on the things that you can't control. I only get caught up on the things that I can. So on my end, I just do, uh, what's, you know, I just do what's capable of me. I just do what's, you know, on my, I just do what I, I control, what I can control on my end, and the rest it takes care of itself or it doesn't. So now nah, I'm not done playing. I'm just really a free agent right now. Uh, but there's definitely a lot of things out there that could use my help, could use my services. But again, like it, it plays more into it than just uh, ability. And that just goes for anybody. It's not just me. I mean, uh, not, I'm not saying I'm him and he's, or he's me or my situation same as him. But, I mean, ability-wise, A.B. could be in the league right now. He's not. You know what I mean? But for other reasons. So, same thing with Cap. Obviously, with Gossip, people say he's good enough to be in the league. But for reasons uh, other, he's not in the league right now. And there's reasons why I'm not in the league. Uh, and it could just be it could be age. It could be fit. It can be whatever the case may be. But uh, there's more to it. So, I don't really worry about those things and dwell on those things. I just... You know, do what I do and uh, take care of what I can take care of. And that's like I train from 8 to 12 every day. And then after that, I'm free the rest of the day to kind of work uh, on my podcast and do that. So, And I'm kind of I'm building a house now uh, officially in Dallas. So um, so I'm kind of busy, I've been busy with that as well. So it's been fun. Oh, so you must have liked it down there in Dallas. And now that you uh, – if you are stepping back right now and, you know, you're waiting and if somebody calls, they do. But do you ever look back and, and – you know, definitely you'll probably get to this topic once if you're still podcasting into the springtime. But you ever look back at the draft process, your draft specifically? Because mm-hmm. for us, we kind of talk to, you know, when we do talk to players, they're either current players or sometimes it'll be an old timer that really it's it's before our time. But on the Lockdown Podcast, Bengals Podcast, we we are big fans of the draft. We like to try to get in the, you know, amateur scouting and, and projections and things like that. Do you hear okay. any of that stuff as a draft prospect going through that process? Is it just a whirlwind? Do you ever hear that outside, like, evaluations from the Internet guys or anything like that? Do you read any of that stuff? Do players ever get into that? Oh, no, you you see it. Uh, ultimately, it doesn't matter. But you see it, like, you just – I mean, you just get a, you get a feel for where you may or may not go. But at the end of the day, uh, I mean, and this is obviously, like, this is hindsight – when it comes to the draft, when it comes to free agency, all the projections, it doesn't really matter until it's their time on the board. You know what I mean? Like a team really might love you and like you, whatever it can be, and say all these things, and they're up next, and, you know, they pass on you. So uh, 
And the same thing for agency. The teams that you know were high on you and it's like we're we're gonna we're gonna sign you. And then when the actual moment of free agents the free agency starts and it's whatever twelve o'clock and they actually send out an official offer, like, like the phones run dry. So I mean, I'm, you see and you read the things, but when you're in it long enough, you know that you know like nothing matters until it's nothing matters until it's it's set. You know, nothing matters until it actually happens. Same thing with all the preseason projections and. The Browns are supposed to win the Super Bowl this year. If you let the media tell you, like nothing really matters you know, until the actual moment. And so, yeah, I guess you see some of it. You don't, you don't, uh, you know, you don't uh, get too, you don't get too involved in it. You don't look too much into it, but you see it every now and then. But yeah, it's kind of what my experience was. I mean, I saw projections anywhere from second to undrafted. Everyone has their own opinion. You know what I mean? And that's the beauty of it. That's what makes it so popular. You know what I mean? Yeah, the internet guys were a big fan of you. I remember that year, uh, just because of your size and your rare ability. A lot of people were like, "Oh man, they play a lot of quarters coverage at Boise. They ask him to do a lot of stuff. He, he covers a lot of a lot of zones and a lot of deep zones." But I think there was a misconception in your career that you, because of your size, that you were a strong safety type. But when I watch you, I always said, "No, this guy's a free safety. Look at his range." And I would show plays all the time on Twitter of, "Look, this is George Ayaloka. He's a he's a free safety, in my opinion." Does that matter to you, or were you just a safety and you can do anything? Thing. I was honestly I was just a safety and I can do anything and I was I did what they asked for me to do so I mean that system even though sometimes it said strong safety I was really the free you know yeah. especially on third downs and they had me middle of the field and we ran a lot of quarters and we ran a lot of cover too so yeah you have to have range and I prided myself on being versatile but in terms of my strengths it would have definitely been down in the box but and like I said in the NFL um you don't get to pick your situation. And even that being said, like a team might have a, you know, a team might have a vision for you. Like I probably could say, I disagree with how, uh, just from the little bit I've watched of how I see Carlos drop back in some passing situations. Like he probably won your best pass rusher. I would, if I was, if he, if you asked him, he probably want to rush every play. So mm-hmm. but that's not the league because you can't, everybody can't do what they want to do. Everybody can't do what they want to do. So uh, yeah, I did it. I played free safety pretty much for the Bengals. It was great. Thought I played it as best I could. Obviously, there's some things I would have liked to have done better, like make some plays on the ball and turnovers like that. But I was an enforcer in terms of my impact and how I try to hit guys and knock them out and things like that. But yeah, if you ask me, I was probably I, I felt versatile, and if left up to me, I probably would like to be down in the box more often. But that's not what they had planned for me, and that's that's cool. That's just how that's just how it goes. When you were in Cincinnati, I feel like the scheme often asked safeties to just be interchangeable where on one play to the next play, you might be high, you might be down in the box. And it seemed like, like you said, you were you were really versatile in that scheme. We'll talk a little bit more about football, but I, I know you're a yoga guy, right? You talked on one of the, back when Paul Daner was, was doing stuff for the Enquirer, you went on with them. Was it the Holy Grail or something? You did a little yoga with, with <laughs> those guys. Is that still part sure. of your routine? I'm actually a certified yoga teacher, fun fact, and I'm wondering if you're still keeping up with that. I haven't kept up with yoga ever since I had my sports hernia surgery. I'm not going to lie to you. It was too much. Now, I, was like official yoga, no. I haven't really kept up with yoga ever since I had my sports hernia surgery, but I still do my like my daily stretches and things like that to make sure I stay flexible. Yeah, but not, I haven't really took a yoga class in ten. Really, my thing was spinning for a while. I take these uh, these flywheel classes. That was pretty cool. And it would really just beat me up in there. But yeah, yoga hasn't really been a part of my routine in the last few years. Fair enough. 
So what do you think about what's going on in Cincinnati now? Marvin Lewis out of there, down at Arizona State. You're still connected to a lot of players there. A lot of guys you played with still there. You mentioned Carlos Dunlap. You're seeing him drop back into coverage. You're seeing the same thing from Sam Hubbard, Carl Lawson, occasionally Geno Atkins, even a couple times Andrew Billings. Seems like it's just part of the scheme. Yeah, What's absolutely. that like with, with the cha- the coaching changeover? You still have a lot of connections, though. Yeah, I know a lot of those guys. Talk to them, hang out with some of them sometimes in the offseason. Uh, a lot of them are down in Miami uh, training, so we we linked up. Uh, but that's it. When I talk to those guys, I don't really talk football uh, like that. We just really talk just like how is everything going with you personally. You know, as a player, I'm, the only thing I'm biased towards is, uh, is I just want every player to do well. I really don't care about, you know, how the team is doing if they're not on my team or if I'm not on their team. It's just more so. If I have a relationship with you, I just want to make sure you're doing well from a health standpoint because it's pretty brutal playing 16 games. And, you know, are, are you doing well from a professional standpoint, from a career standpoint, like you're having the season you won. So those are the type of th- things we talk about. I don't really jump into, like, you know, how's the team and everything going like that because I care about the person, if that makes sense, and I'm not really mm-hmm. on that team. But, yeah, we I talk to those guys, uh, some of those guys quite a bit still. That's one well, of those. the Bengals are – go ahead, Jake. I was just going to say that's one of those things like a normal person in a normal job. Like you go out to dinner with your coworkers and you, I always had rules with my coworkers that whoever started talking about work first, you're going to buy a round of drinks for people. If people were drinking or something like that, there was always a, a keep it, keep it up, keep it off work, you know? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. So Georgia, uh, the Bengals obviously one in 12. I don't know if you hear this stuff from the outside, but like there's a lot of fans that are saying, they're tanking or that they should continue to lose in order to get that number one pick. It, it's got to be a much different atmosphere in a locker room that's losing, right? They, they can't even, that, that probably doesn't even cross their mind about losing or tanking or the next year's draft. Right. But as an analyst now, if you're stepping back and doing this, what do you think is the best thing for them? Well, I mean, the best thing is just hit on your, hit on your picks. It doesn't matter. Honestly, it doesn't, people get caught up on like where you're picking, Hit on your picks and you'll be okay. So, and you can't really tank as a. I think it's too hard to. It's harder. It's hard to tank in, in football just because there's forty something guys up on game day, who all have their individual careers on you know on the line. Like the tape doesn't come with the story. It doesn't come with a, you know, a, a prequel and tell like, oh, this is what happening before the game. This is the situation the team is in. All you have is the tape and that's your resume. And so it's kind of hard to tank. So when there was all. I, I thought it was funny, like, early in the year when it was reports that a couple of Miami Dolphin players were saying, like, uh, the team is tanking and trying to lose. It's like, well, hold on. They're trying to tank and you're still here. But right. you're <laughs> part of the tank. You know what I mean? Like, you're part of the tank. So it, it's, not, it's not. And that's why they've won some games since that moment because you can call whatever you want to call on defense. Yeah, you can call some bad plays and try to make your team tank. Don't think that's the case because, again, as a coach, that's your resume too. You don't want to go – Oh, and 16 as a coach. I don't care what the organization says. So from an organizational standpoint, would they like to be oh and whatever? Maybe, maybe not. Who cares? But as because you own the team, so it doesn't matter. You're not going anywhere. But if you're a coach, you don't want to own 16 on your on your resume. If you're a player, you don't want to play bad, period. So because that's just, you know, that's your tape. So now nah, you can't really tank. But from from organization to answer your question, uh, it doesn't really matter where you pick. Uh, and for the Bengals, it's just by hitting on your picks. You hit on your picks you'll be okay. If you make the right off-season uh, acquisitions and free agency, you'll be okay. So I wouldn't get caught up on anything. I mean, yeah, people are talking about Joe Burrow or this guy or that guy, but 
at the end of the day, Tom Brady was undrafted, if I'm not mistaken. Um, there's first round quarterbacks and never panned out. So it's really all about just hitting. You know what I mean? If you can hit on your picks, you'll be okay. But that's hard. It's easier said than it's easier said than done, obviously. Yeah. I mean, NFL teams continue to be bad at it, and they should be the best at it in the world, right? It's just a very challenging thing to do. But they hit on you in a late round. Mm-hmm. Shout yeah. out, um, shout out, my guy Steve. Yeah, he was uh, he's one of the scouts with the Bengals. I think he's one of the guys that looked at me. I mean, I mean, obviously, if you get drafted, it's not one guy that just signed off on it. Everyone sure. signed off on it, but shout out him. Built a decent relationship with him. Um, one of the guys that scouted me. So yeah, you say they hit. I appreciate that. Thought I did. I thought I did okay for a fifth round pick. We, we were all we were all pretty surprised to be honest when when they released you and, and Jesse Bates went out there. He had a great rookie year, but it, it was a very surprising move when it happened. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, what a, I mean, shout out to Jesse. He's been doing his thing uh, last year, obviously, and this year from what people are saying. So. Uh, no, no hard feelings. He was a good dude when I was there. So I, I, I have no issues with him. Obviously, I was surprised by my release as well. Uh, I'll say this: there's more to it. I, I haven't spoke on it. Probably won't speak on it till way later. You know. But uh, yeah, it's, it's what it is. It's part of the business. Lots of things go on, and that's life. So no hard feelings on my end. Yeah, but I will speak on it. I will speak on it one day, though, just to put it out there and let people do what they want with the information. But uh, yeah, there's definitely more to it to, uh, to, to me, uh, and you can say, and you can say maybe it's coming from a biased standpoint, but there's definitely more to my release than just just play. But it's all good. It's all good. I feel you there, man. I, I look forward to hearing that story because I was going to ask you a little bit about what it was like to go from the Bengals organization to the Vikings organization, and and you also played in the Dallas organization. How those front offices, how ownership might have been different from team to team, but. You're still a free agent. You're not ready to talk about that. I fully respect that. But you did talk about Andy Dalton on your podcast today, auditioning for that Patriots job. Is that something that you, you think the Patriots are out there scouting Andy Dalton to replace Tom Brady? Listen. All right, here we go. Andy, if Andy listens to your podcast, you probably don't even listen to mine yet. But listen, Andy, if you're listening, that's the spot. I said that before I even had my podcast. I think I said this like three weeks ago, four weeks ago. And I was doing like this, um, I think I still do it every now and then. I'll get on Instagram Live and just, you know, take questions. And someone asked me about Andy. And I was like, I can see him playing for the Patriots. That's a good fit. You know, I don't know if this is Tom's la- Tom Brady's last year or if he has one more year left. But Andy, to me, uh, is a great quarterback when you have structure and you have a good game plan in place. And I can see him playing for the Patriots and being very, very successful. So every game is an addition. Don't get me wrong. But the best audition is right in front of the potential employer. So, Andy, if you're listening and the Bengals mess around and don't, you know, re-sign whatever the case may be, that's a good look. So, ball out this weekend. Still might not come out with the win. Who knows? All right. But do your thing, Andy, because that's another opportunity. And that doesn't mean he doesn't want to play for the Bengals, for all the fans out there. But at the end of the day, uh, you always need to have something in your back pocket, another place to go when one team is done with you or whatever. So, yeah, that's a good look. I can see him going there and panning out very, very well because I still think Andy has something in the tank. Yes, the season hasn't gone the way people have wanted to. Uh, to. Obviously, he hasn't played uh, you know, his, his best ball that he's played in his career, but there's a, lot of, a lot of, there's a lot of things going on from the offensive line to the run game to the defense, a uh, new scheme. It's a lot, you know what I mean, the ups and downs, but I still believe in Andy's abilities. 
I still believe he gives you what you got. And if you have a good structure, a good system in place, uh, he can still play uh, at a high level. Yeah, and you were there in 2015 when he did play his best. So, I mean, it's nice to hear you and hear you and other players speak highly of Andy Dalton, even if it is uh, coming to an end in Cincinnati. But 2015 also was the fourth year. You think it's coming to an end? Oh, yeah, I think the decision's already made. Let me tell you this. Don't be too surprised. (laughs) So, listen, don't be too surprised. The Bengals are one team, all right, that will – I'm serious. I'm dead serious. They will bench you and then resign you. Okay, so yes, that's counterintuitive. It's like, why would you try to bench a guy right. and then try to and then resign them? In my situation, I don't know. People don't. Even, I mean, I'm just a safety, so people probably don't pay attention to this. Going into my contract year, uh, so it was my fourth year. They were trying. Uh, they would at moments sub me out, and so I, not you. You wouldn't say like officially benching, but they would literally sub me out and uh, and put Sean in, and that's my dude, and and that's my homeboy. But what I'm saying is like. I would say, like, if I so from another way looking in, if, I, if I'm a fan or if I'm an organization, and here's a guy I'm taking off the field, it's like, why would I resign him? But at the same time, they want to see what they have. At the time, it was me and Reggie, and we were always yep. pretty healthy. So Sean didn't get many reps. So I can mm-hmm. see that side of it too. Like, no, we want to get this guy some reps because Sean and George, I mean, sorry, it's because George and Reggie are both free agents, and we want to see what we have in Sean. So I get that as well. So I wouldn't look too much into what I'm saying is don't look into too much. Into him being benched for uh, uh, Ryan, whatever I forgot. Finley. Was it Finley? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we all. Saying, I wouldn't look too much. In, yeah, I wouldn't look too much into that because what I'm saying like my year they t- they uh, put bench me for Sean and they still was trying to resign me. So I wouldn't say it's officially done, uh, but I would say Andy, keep your options open and you know make the best decision you know for you obviously, and the Bengals are going to make the best decision for themselves. But yeah, I don't. I think it's too early to say he's officially done. Uh, and because like I said, you get a couple of offensive linemen, get some help on the, on the defense and, you know, a whole better structure. He can still give you what you got. I don't think you have to build down with them right away. So don't look too much into it. They'll still resign a guy that they benched. It's just, I've seen it. It's happening to me. So, um, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. You were a young man though. And uh, so it made sense to bring you back and keep you going with you and Sean Williams. You made a good tandem, but I wanted to, Talk about those first few years in the league when you, you were there and the Bengals uh, had a lot of success and they went to the playoffs every year. Well, you know, relative success. What would you say is the number one reason why you guys didn't win a playoff game? Number one reason why we didn't win a playoff game? Um, number one reason why we didn't win a playoff game. We beat ourselves in, in many different ways. So you can say lack of focus, lack of discipline, Things like that wasn't lack of ability, just lack of focus, lack lack of discipline. And that was the number one reason why we didn't win playoff games. It wasn't no one was nervous. The game wasn't too big. The stage wasn't too big. Just in those games, for whatever reason, lack of focus and lack of discipline uh, was the reason why we lost. And the the game plans to me were you know good game plans. They weren't like oh we were out scheme so it was nothing it was mm-hmm. nothing like that just again lack of focus lack of discipline one more thing probably lack of intensity in terms of mm-hmm. regular regular season football to playoff football and realizing like it's it's four quarters that's all you're guaranteed you know what i mean nothing yep. after that so there's nothing to save in the tank it's not next week is not this week and the margin of error is a lot smaller in the playoffs so i would just say that is there where do you think that comes from 
is that is that just a locker room thing is that a, a organizational thing is it a coaching thing or, or why do you think that that was if it was consistent because you said it's the number one reason is that why would that be consistent year over year if that's what it was um i mean it's, it's kind of hard because you're trying, trying to ask you know like dive into the head of each other but um, let me see how did the coaches prepare they prepared this one i mean marvin made it to super bowl so he had that experience uh we had guys with experience i don't know i would just say like um they had leadership i can tell you what the lack of focus the lack of discipline I know the answer you're looking for, but I don't know if I can put that on. I don't know if we're looking for something specific. I, 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 but I don't know if you can put that all on a head coach. I mean, ultimately, if you're a head coach, you're, uh, everything falls on your shoulders. This is how it goes, you know. But I don't know if you can realistically put it all on him. As players, just you have to share some responsibility of it's still our team, you know. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, but I'll plays. say this. You got to make plays. Um yeah, it's it's very deep in terms of like, it's a little bit. Everybody, everybody has a little bit shoulder to blame. The organization, uh, um, the coach, the players. I mean, everybody could you know because individual coaches are not like. There's some players. I always like to talk about like this. There's like a certain amount of players, probably like twenty percent that are one way, like probably like in the bad way and like in the bad direction that you don't want your team to go to. Then you got like twenty to thirty players, uh, or twenty percent. I'm sorry, twenty to thirty percent of players that are like how you want your team to be. And then everybody else is kind of in the middle and they're just seeing which way this team is going to go to see which way we're going to be. Mm. And I just felt like our team had a lot of great, you know, good character player guys and this and want to do things the right way. But for some reason we kind of went that the, uh, the wrong way in terms of focus and discipline and things like that. So kind of out of character, but I don't know. I don't know. Uh, to, to be to be clear, I wasn't at, I, I wasn't fishing for a particular answer. I was genuinely curious oh, okay. as, as to your experience because you did go no, through I, it right year after yeah, year. Yeah, but I felt like you know Marvin got a lot of criticism. But one thing I'll say too, um, you know, one thing I'll say about Marvin is like as much criticism people gave him. He did a he did a, the best he could of keeping all that together. Like you realize the personalities we have in that locker room from just. Yeah, we just the different kind of characters we had and all the things that went on. I feel like he did the best job managing it all. Because one thing in the league, there's like there's head coaches that are uh, play callers. All of them are not. Uh, there's some uh, there's some coaches that are disciplinarians. There's some coaches that are good managers. Uh, there's some coaches that are motivated. You'd want a head coach to be all of that. It's not that. There's no coach in the league that I feel like that are all those four things, but they possess a lot or a little bit of some of it. And Marvin did a good job of keeping uh, a locker room that I felt like most coaches were in would go completely to shit, you know? And mm-hmm. um, he did a good job, you know, just kind of manage it as best he could. And I think he got a lot of flack and this, 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 and that. But, I mean, he wasn't really calling plays. He was just really collecting the team and managing. And, and I, think, I, th- I thought he did a decent job of that, as mu- even though people – you know, criticize them. And when you look at it, and there's all there's things, obviously, that everybody could have done better. As players, there's definitely things that, you know, we wish we could have done better. Obviously, if he, can, he looks back on it, it might be things he wish he would have done differently. But I could say generally, not saying this, because it's not like we talk on the phone or anything like that. When I look back on it, and I just say, man, we had, we did this. I just remember everything going on. Uh, he, did, he, did a, he did a decent job. And I'm laughing because I'm thinking about stories. 
you did a decent <laughs> job keeping it all together. I mean, their stories well, like I, I'll share one day. But I'm not ready for these. These are some great stories, but yeah, he did a great job like keeping it all together. So for sure. Well, we- we appreciate the teasers for the Jim Bag podcast when you're ready to tell those stories and so make sure people go over there and uh, listen to them when you're ready to, to share. But speaking of some of the criticism, this is my last question for you, George, but uh, social media. I mean, being a player that really when social media exploded while you were in the NFL and you've been mm-hmm. pretty successful at it. I mean, you're you're open to talk and, and actually debate people online and especially on Twitter and, and, you know, have a conversation. But there's a lot of criticism thrown at players, a lot of ugliness sometimes thrown at players on, on social media. Do you have any advice for other players? Do you have advice for just people in general, how to act and how to, how to react to social media and criticism? Well, my advice to play, I'll give advice to players and then I'll give advice for just people in general. So I forgot who it was. What player was that? That got someone gets suspended this year for cussing out a fan and calling themselves threatening a fan. That's right. My point is, so listen, yeah, yeah. Okay. So like we're all humans, right? Um, I say whatever you give, like whatever you give power to build you up, you're going to get power to tear you down. And so we're human. And every now and then I know players, I did, especially when I was early in the league, you, when you have a good game, you look up, you type your name in and you want to see people patting you on the back. But at the same time, if you have, you have a bad game or if the team doesn't win, people are going to throw dirt in your name, criticize you fair or unfair, whatever the case may be. But if you're so used to typing in your name and uh, relishing in that, you know, retweeting when they say you do good and this and that, it's going to sting a little bit when they say you do bad. So my advice to players is like, at least after a loss, you get, don't go online after a loss. <laughs> There's nothing good that's going to come online after a loss. Just don't do it. Like, and, 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 and don't reply because whether the criticism is fair, right, or wrong, because a lot of times people don't know the coverage, they don't know anything that's going on. It's like, but don't respond. Like you're just, you're bringing light to it. You're giving it, maybe three or four people saw it, right? When you respond to it now, everybody really, you know, they saw it. And so to my advice to players, like, don't go online, especially after a loss, and read your, read your comments and look up your name and see what people are saying. You don't have to defend yourself or explain yourself to anybody other than your teammates, your coaches, and I guess the organization. Everybody else besides that, let them have an opinion, good, right, or indifferent. So I, I'll say after my rookie, I didn't really get caught up on the positives, which, you know, everybody appreciates it, but – There'll be games where I'm mean, one of my best games and fans, you know, they don't know what they don't know, like the little things that, you know, we judge ourselves on that. It doesn't show up on like the stat sheet on the scoreboard. But man, great game. And you're like, nah, they're blowing it's gas, but they don't know no better. And there's a game where, you know, you play one of your better games and somebody might be like, man, did it just trash and this, this and that. So don't get caught up on that. So if I'm a, my advice to players, like don't go online, don't go online and uh, look up yourself because there's nothing good. That's gonna come out of it. Don't read you know, like uh, Paula used to say. Don't read. Don't read your own press clippings. It's just, it's just, it's not the way to go about it. So, but we, of course, but players as fans, yes, players appreciate the positive uh, feedback. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, but my thing to players is like, just don't, don't do too much of it. Because if you always read mm-hmm. it, you're gonna catch the bad, and and some people can't handle it because we're human. So there's nothing wrong. Like we're gonna react. So, yeah. but then my advice to just people, players, people, just people in general when it comes to social media, be open. Uh, it's called social media for a reason. All right. If you wanted to live in a bubble where everybody thought like you, thinks like you, had the same experiences as you, don't go on social media. So I always go on social media open-minded. I share my experiences. I give my thoughts on things. And I really, I listen to, I don't listen to respond. I listen to understand. And from that, then I can respond. And then somewhere in the middle or somewhere, there's an understanding now you leave knowing more. You know what I'm saying? Basically, what I'm saying is 
watch Fox and watch CNN. Don't just watch one. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I'm serious because when you watch both, right? When you watch both, you really see that both are biased, first of all. But somewhere in there is the middle. You know what I'm saying? You're learning about a different viewpoint um, by watching both. Don't just watch one. Don't just live in a freaking uh, uh, thought bubble of everybody just thinks like you. So that's my advice to just people in general and, and their ways to navigate uh, social media. Yeah, you tend to get those self-forming echo chambers in any kind of social media. That's just the way it works. You, you surround yourself with people that agree with you in these social media environments. There have been a lot of interesting studies on that, actually. And and we're we're coming up on the time you gave us, so I do want to let you go. Do you have maybe 30 seconds of thoughts on pro football focus? Do you find that you do – you, do you look at it for one, and do you find that you agree with it, disagree with it? What do you think there? All right, let me – Actually, I have more time. So if you want to keep going, I probably got like 15, 20 more minutes. But you got, we a, you about got a 15 minute focus. rant on pro football focus for me? <laughs> no, I don't. But I still got like 15 minutes before right, I got to right. uh, hit, yeah, hit, hit my friend up. But yeah, so pro football focus. Uh, again, when you look at numbers, and this goes to like analytics, whatever the case may be, you can't just look at a raw number and be like, this and that. Uh, and and that just, that's, that's my take on pro football focus. And as well, a coach always used to say, uh, the coordinator used to say, or a position coach, I'm sorry, used to say, how can they grade you when they don't know what I coach you to do? You know I mean? It's hard to grade somebody. Now, some things are just plain as day, but I wouldn't I take pro, pro football with a, with a grain of salt. So you have to see it and then watch the tape. But you can't do, you can't do just pro football because there's guys who's, when, you, when you've seen the tape, you're like, man, it didn't look like they had a good year. It did and on tape, they're not having a good year or whatever the case may be. You look on Pro Football Focus, and they're top five in the league. And you're like, how is this possible? You know, this doesn't make any sense. And then there's years where you played your best ball based off of tape, based off of what the team has asked for you, based off of just how you played. And you go on Pro Football, and it doesn't really reflect that. You know, but as a player, this is what I'll say. As players, when, it, when they have you rated high, you retweet it every time. Not again, because mm-hmm. it's, you know, and... And that's the thing when I talk about when you talk about online, it's if you give it too much power, you can't take it back. You know what yeah. I mean? So when players, anytime they're rated high on there, which is good, there's nothing wrong with that, they just retweet it. And I know some players that retweet Anytime pro, pro, the way they play the game, whether it shows up on uh, film or not, on pro football talk, they're always rated high. They retweet it all the time. But the thing about that, there's years where you're like, or there's a moment when you're like, I played well, and they said I'm rated low. And then you're like, man, that's bullshit. But it's too late now. You boosted it when they rated you high. You can't discredit right. it now that they rated you low. So it's like just have a healthy balance. See it and be like, appreciate it. But just keep it pushing and don't use that to validate you. It validates you, obviously, uh, you know, your tape. And just <laughs> what validates you is yourself. Like I have a high opinion. I have a high thought of myself as a player, you know, and that's really what it comes down to. But you can't if, if you give something too much power to essentially grade or judge you, you can't take it away when you don't like it. So, but pro football talk, I think in general, yes, and it's a good way for now. I'm on, since I'm on both sides, yes. When you're when you want to build an argument, the first place you're gonna go to things like that and be like, well, Dak Prescott this year, Andy Dalton this year, and so it's quicker that way because it is hard to sit there and watch four games uh, of Andy Dalton and really break down the tape to see. But how is he playing? Right. Is, the, is the time is the line? Is his time? Is the amount of time he has to throw the ball less than other teams? Is that why his numbers are down? Is this the game that they're down and it's hard to uh, come from behind and that's why he's throwing so much and teams are not allowing, you know what I'm saying? So it's harder to do that. It's easier when I have my opinion from generally watching 
sitting there like, let me just go find some numbers. Yes, I knew it. Andy is such and such in the league, yada, yada, yada. So that so I, I, I see the benefit in, in that. But ultimately, the best uh, evaluator is your own eyes, and that takes a lot of time and work. And it's not easy because even the broadcast and boot camp, when they talk about the, going through, like, the pre-draft process and I don't know his name. I think his last name was like Cosell. Um, he does a great job. Great Cosell. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he does a great job. But he, when he told me the amount of hours he puts in, it told, on, on, on every prospect, no one, there's not too many people that have that amount of time mm-hmm. or can withstand that. And so, yes, it's easier just to like go to ESPN, go to ProFootballTalk.com, go to NFL Stats and go to all these things and just look at some numbers that kind of support how you generally feel because watching tape is definitely hard. So. Every yeah, story, every every story has a number. Every story has a number, and I just encourage people to sometimes find the story behind the number. Even Jake and I go through that. You know, we'll come out. We on Monday we're watching the film. We, then PFF grades come out, and we'll, we'll look at it. We'll go, man, they got William Jackson at fifty four. We, I thought he played great, and it, you know, it's just a difference in it sometimes, and on maybe two or three plays that they think was his fault or maybe that he could have played it better or whatever the case, you know, just talking arbitrarily about any player. And so we even have that. We're, we, we enjoy PFF because it allows us to look at the league at a broader scope. We focus on the Bengals. We're only watching film on the Bengals. We don't really care about anyone else, but I wonder if our players like that, whereas it's after the game and, and are they going like to ch- check that stuff on Monday? Is it like, all right, let me see what the grade is. You get, you get your grades from your coaches. You watch the film, you know, how you play, but are you looking at like the reports on the internet with from, it could be some no. blog or something. Someone writes something and says, Oh, he didn't have a good game. No, I don't. I don't. I can speak it for myself. And I think players that are not, we don't get caught up in that because the only grade sheet that really matters, honestly, is the one from your, from your coach, whether you agree with his grade sheet or not, that's the one that, that matters because, uh, he's your, they're your employer. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. their opinion is what, it's the only opinion that matters, matters of you. So uh, that's why when, and this is, we're getting off topic, but whatever, who cares? And I talked about this on the podcast as well. Did I do that? Uh, that's before I hit record. But anyways, so I talked <laughs> about like Colin Kaepernick, his, his situation. I'm probably going to talk about that tonight. But anyway, we talked about, uh, so here's the teaser. So I talked about Colin Kaepernick and the whole little fiasco and that, you know, you know fake uh, pro day, whatever they're throwing right. him. But at the end of the day, I was like, man, you got to show up because, those are the people that you're trying to get a job to. Like, he's if you want, you want, like, you want it open for the public, but at the same time, like, the public is not hiring you. So, what I say about it is, like, as athletes, and every athlete gets this uh, terrible, good, great, or whatever. I can post the most basic clip right now online, and every day to this day, and I've been a free agent for like two, three months, a fan from some team will be like, oh my gosh, that's great. Like, we need you. My point yeah. is, but that fan is not the person hiring me. So, it, I, the person I need to essentially impress or prove myself to is the the 32 teams, whatever the case may be. And so I'm I'm using an example to say, like, when it comes to the things that are online, the only great sheet that matters is the one what your team or what other teams think of you, not necessarily what, you know, the fans, you know, think of you and this, this, and that. So, yeah, but that's a little I'll, – I'll, I can I'll, – I'll expand on that more on my episode because I don't want to just, like, see, say, like, he was wrong for what he did. I understand why he didn't show up. And things like that. But at the end of the day, how I felt was like, these fans are not going to sign you. They don't have their own team. There's not a 30, there's not, the, there's not, a, there's not 33 teams and one is just for the fans and they pick who they want. It's 32 teams and these are the people that you have to uh, appeal yourself to. And so that's why I didn't agree with the move, even though I thought the whole thing was a sham. But anyways, we'll talk about that another day. Well, you talk about it today over on the Gym Bag <laughs> Podcast. 
And all of our listeners, y'all need to go listen to the Gym Bag Podcast. George Iloka was kind enough to give us about 40 minutes of his time today talking about, well, you heard what he talked about. We just did it all. So, George, thanks so much for coming on with us today. Really appreciate your time, me. your insight. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for, thanks for having me on here. All right. And when, you, when you're ready to tell those stories, hit me up. I'm ready to listen. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there's some good ones. You know, but also, are we still online? Are we still yeah. recording? We, we are. are. I, can, I can stop if you want. Nah, whatever. So anyways, the reason why I don't, <laughs> the only reason why I don't tell my the story when I, one, because you don't know what bridges you might burn. Not necessarily sure. Natty, just in general, you don't know who's cool or who, but mainly because one thing I realized too when it comes to, it's all about timing, right? If, when you put something out, whether it's true or not, uh, people tend not to give it a, a an honest listen or a fair thought based off of the situation and the timing. So I want to be completely removed when there, when there really is, there is no benefit or uh, some or effect that can come out of it. It's just like, no, I'm just sharing my experience. Like when I talked about the, the situation uh, when we played the, uh, the Patriots, I'm not even playing right now. So if I just said that back then, they'd be like, oh, they're just saying that because they're scared and they, you know, they're, they're still going to lose anyway. But I, I put it out now, I'm not playing for either team. And I'm just saying, this is my experience with with the Patriots. I hope we, people can see it. Like I'm just sharing a, a true experience. And this is what happened. You take what you want from it. So I feel like I got to be a, a little bit way more removed to just share like my experiences. So people be like, all right, there's no benefit from him saying it now. It's not like he's saying this trying to whatever the case may be. And so that's the only reason why I don't speak on certain things now because you need to be a little bit more removed for it to feel like it's coming from a genuine spot. And that's really about it. Yeah, I fully understand that. Respect that. I'm just saying my door is open for you in the future. Really enjoyed talking with you today. And go enjoy your own podcast. Again, that's the Gym Bag Podcast. Go listen to George Iloka talk. I know y'all will enjoy it. And until next time, Bengals fans, have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.